In Acts chapter 2, this is the early church. This is when they got started. It says in verse 42, it says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. And it says, Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together. See, that's why we need church, so we can get together and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, divided them among all as anyone had need. So there was no selfishness, was there? So continuing daily, everyone say daily, with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. We said, uh, it's been a few weeks ago, but we made this statement. We said the mission of the church is to evangelize the world, be a foundation of truth, edify the saints or build up and encourage the saints, and then discipline the unruly. You mean the church is called to discipline the unruly? Amen? Amen. If you're a good parent, are you going to discipline your kids? Sure, all right. Then we said here there were four principles. The early church were, you know, it was important to them, these four things. They were devoted to doctrine or the apostles' teaching. They were devoted to fellowship. They were devoted to communion and the breaking of bread, and they were devoted to prayer. All right, now we're going to go on and and how many of you noticed in the fellow as you enter in the door into the the hallway here a, a board on the wall what's that board say that was pathetic what that board say see it says harvest church is that all it says? Harvest Church com- commi- committed. Amen? I think some of you need to be committed. No. Committed to what? To apathy and indifference. Committed to serving and sharing Mary Kay. Boy Scout cookie, or Boy Scout cookie, Girl Scout. No, not these trivial things. Those things are all right, but we're committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ. So, yes, you were right, Abe. You said Jesus. Now, that board, that, that statement has been around the church, and we've had things on our website but I decided to boil it down and, and, and just make it simple again. Because when people come in those front doors, we want them to understand what Harvest Church is like. People ask you, where do you go to church? You say, Harvest Church, and they'll say, what's Harvest Church all about? And you should be able to remember, we're a people committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ. Now, where did I get that? 
many, many years ago, um, I remember we had a meeting in the South Building, and I had some strategic, that was called strategic planning, and and uh, two gentlemen came in from, from the FCF organization to sit down with the young preacher to help him define his ministry and, and develop a mission statement. And I'll never forget this. They said to, to me, the young preacher, I'm still the young preacher, right? What's Harvest Church? And back then it wasn't Harvest Church, but what, what is this local body about? What are some common denominators? What are some things that really stand out when you think of this specific body of believers? And these are the, the three things that, that I said, and I didn't have to sit there and rack my brain. I thought about it, and I said, we're a committed people. What do you mean we're committed? We'll talk about commitment. We're a committed people. What are we committed to? We're committed to serving. You know, we got some servants here. People with servants' hearts. We're committed to serving and sharing. We've got some people here that that share Christ, but this also implies we're a giving people. So what's Harvest Church all about? We're a people committed to God. Say committed to God. Say committed to serving. Committed to sharing. Jesus Christ. Commitment means this, very simply. I thought this was a good definition from the dictionary. It's dedication to a long-term course of action. Committed to, or dedicated to a long-term course of action. So guess what, folks? We're in it for the long haul. Not just for tomorrow, but for the years ahead. And some of you have been here for years, many years. So I'd say you were committed, wouldn't you? But the world really doesn't understand commitment. And really, in reality, a lot of Christians don't understand commitment. And that's what I want to talk about today. We'll go for a little bit here. And, and we're going to define commitment, you know, more, more specifically. But the early church, the Bible says here in Acts chapter 2, it says they continued steadfastly. And that word in the Greek means this, a strong, solid, never give up type of leaning in towards an object. That's what it means in the Greek. So a solid, having this mindset, I'm never going to give up. She talked about Pilger. I, I sat and talked to this, this old gentleman and that lost his house and my, my heart went out to him because his lips started to quiver. He started to cry. Now, how many of you ever been through a tornado and have the house ripped off your foundation? Were you guys when, in Creighton when you, in the early days or what? You were in a tornado. Took your house? Wow. Have you ever forgotten that? They say, and I said, I, tell you, I said, what did it sound like? And he says, I, 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 don't, I can't tell you. Because they always say it sounds like a freight train coming through. 
but you know the the man's after the, you know it's been a few years he was he still had tears and his his lip was quivering telling me about all the details and my heart really went out to him in fact we were over there and we were doing an antique show thing over there in their brand new auditorium what a beautiful building and you know i heard rumors years ago after this tornado that pilger was going to die did you ever hear that they never come back and i i never really you know i go by pilger all the time to go to omaha and i never really stopped and we took a, a a few weeks ago took a drive over there look at the 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 town and it's remarkable. Have you been there since that tornado? Beautiful bank, beautiful city auditorium. You know, homes have been rebuilt. This man told me, I said, well, did you get a new house? And he said, yeah. I, he says, the Mennonites came and built me a house. They're good people. They believe in Jesus. They came in there, and that's love in action. They built the man a, a new house. But I, I was amazed. I sat there in that auditorium, and it, it was beautiful. And I was so jealous of their bathrooms. And I'm, the preacher went into the bathroom, and I'm looking, and I think, oh, I'd love to redo our bathrooms and update them a little bit. It, they were gorgeous. The building was beautiful. But see, what I, bottom line this community and whatever leadership they had, I don't know whose leaders. I, I kind of suspect it was probably the bank leadership that owned the bank, probably took the, you know, some leadership and, and helped bang the drum and get that town going again. I know there were many others. But they were committed to rebuilding their community, and they did it. So it's, it's a dedication to a long-term course of action. It depicts a person or an individual who wants something so bad that he's leaning towards that object. That's what it implies in the Greek. The Amplified says they steadfastly, the early church here in Acts 2, steadfastly persevered, devoting themselves constantly. And this is the, another Bible translation. I like this. They committed themselves to the teaching of the apostles, the life together, the common meal, and prayers. So one outstanding characteristic of the early church is they were a committed people. Now, we read about, you know, uh, this weekend's the Masters, and there's, there's golfers that are so committed. Tiger Woods is still trying to make it back. But athletes or, you know, businessmen, they get committed to their, their passion and, and what they think they're called to do in life, and they stick to it. They're dedicated, and then, you know, things happen. And so... I want you to know, you're at Harvest Church, we're a people that are committed. See, I'm committed to, to preaching on a Sunday morning to three people or 30 people. When I was a young man, I thought I was going to be 3,000 people. 30 years later, it ain't 3,000 people. Now, if I had everybody that I've ever preached to, that have left this church, we'd have to build on. 
because I have pissed a lot of people off through the years. Why? Because, can I say that word? I'm going to say it anyway. Because I preach the word. No compromise. And people, did Jesus upset people? Yes, he did. But I'm committed to, to preaching, you know, and I'm 60 years old now, and I've been at this a while. But I'm committed. Stick and stay, and it will pay. And if I can get young believers that have just maybe made Christ their Lord and Savior, and they don't know anything about God yet, and, you know, they're like little children running around, and they got 100,000 questions. If I can get them to stay in the church and put some roots down, they'll put the roots down, and they'll bear fruit upward. They'll begin to grow, and they'll begin to mature, and things will change in their life. But, folks, you got to get committed you got to be committed to, to, you know, when I was driving, I was tired, and I'm driving to church today, and I, what I do, I was just telling God the Father how much I love Him. And I know it was the Spirit of God speaking to me, and this is what the Spirit said, tell my people I love them with an everlasting love. Meaning God God is committed. God the Father is committed. God, I already gave the Scripture, demonstrated His love towards us, that while we, were, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were, you were, you know, had you ever done any stupid things? Man, when I was young, I did some stupid things. And I think back, God's mercy and God's love and God's grace, He brought me to the place where I finally surrendered to God. He's committed. The Holy Ghost is committed to dog our heels until we make that decision. God puts, strategically puts people into your pathway and my pathway to share the love of Christ. So if God's committed to you and I, He committed His Son to die on a cross for us, how much more should we be committed to serve him? We should be. Amen? Now, look at John 4. I'm not going to go as long today. But we're going to talk about these words. We're going to talk about commitment. We're going to talk about serving in the days ahead. This is all about the local church. This is all... we giving you some general things about the early church. Now we're being more specific in telling you what this church is all about, what is expected of you. That went over. John chapter 4 and verse 34. You know, I, if you're part of a family, you've got some things you need to do. I told the kid here, sitting up, boy, he's sitting over there. We leave for the day. This boy right, this young man right here, he's a good kid. But I come home, dirty dishes. I can't get him, Amy, to rinse the bowls that he uses. And so by the time we get home, it's crusty, and you can't even rinse them. But I, I love you with an everlasting love. A boot in the butt. 
I said to her, I said, can't that kid learn how to rinse dishes? So he had a little talk last night, and from now on he said he would. No, you know what he said? This is what he said. Ain't, ain't my job. You're not paying attention, son. It's that phone thing. Which is still, still love him. Tomorrow, if there's a dirty dish, this is the love of God, love of the Father. I still love you. John 4.34, I want you to see this. Because I'm going to use Christ as the, the ultimate example of commitment. The first characteristic, or let's say it this way, the first requirement of you and I, if you're going to be a, a committed Christian or a believer, this is what's required of you. Are you listening? The surrender of your will. The surrender of your will. What did Jesus say? Not my will, but your will be done, right? It's not my will. It's not what Mike wants. It's what the Father wants. It's not what pleases Mike. It's what pleases the Father. It's the surrender of your will. It's the surrender of your plans and your purposes. And when I was a young man, there came a time where I surrendered all to him. And it scared the devil out of me because I knew what was coming. I'd given my heart to Christ and, and the things that I used to do, I knew those days were gone. I can remember and I never forgot this. I lost friends because of my commitment to Christ. All my party friends were gone. And you know, I, I loved, I had told you, I, I was the preacher even back before Christ because I was the one pouring the drinks. I was the one consoling those who were half-snockered, crying there. Their eyes and they're all, you know, confused. The pastor was in me even back then. But there came a day where I had to surrender all. I had to surrender my plans and I had to surrender it to God, and I did. John 4 34, Jesus. Here's the example of Jesus My food is to do the will of Him who sent me and to finish His work. Now, is that, is that long-term dedication? Jesus said, I'm here to do the will of, of the one who sent me and to finish his work. Do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they're already white for harvest. That applies to us right now. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. For in this the saying is true, one sows and another reaps. And I sent you to reap that for which you have not labored. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. The salvation of sinners 
is the will of God. The sal- now, that I, I try to boil it down and make it simple. The salvation of sinners is whose will? The Father's will. That's the will of the Father. And Jesus knew the will of his Father, and Jesus Christ, the Son of God, surrendered his will to his Father's will. Look at John 5. Look over another chapter. John 5, verse 30. Jesus said, I can of myself do nothing as I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous. Because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Look at John 6, verse 38. Look over another chapter. These are the words of Christ. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Are you getting it? This is the will of the Father who sent me, that of all he has given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up at the last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at that last day. Are you getting the the picture here What the will of the Father? What is the will of the Father after all of that? Tell me. Salvation. The salvation of others. Reaching unbelievers. Reaching the sinner. That's the will of the Father. Jesus understood the will of the Father. That's why he had a long-term you know, course of action. He was dedicated. He, he, knew, he, he knew what was coming but he was committed to that task because he knew the Father's will. So if you come to Harvest Church, you should understand what commitment's all about. It's committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ. That's the will of the Father. It's that simple. That means wherever you go, you should, you should demonstrate your love. And I don't mean, I, I don't like people like this. Let's see if you agree with me. I don't like people shoving stuff down me. And there are well-meaning Christians out there. And, and, you know, years ago, they go knock on the door. I did it. Years ago, when I got out of Bible school, I'd go door to door and knock on the door. I don't know if that'd be safe today. You better pack if you're going to do that. But... You, you see what I'm saying? You, you need to realize that we, we need to be committed to the task at hand. Jesus was committed to going to the cross and dying on a cross for you and I. We, the church, we, the people at Harvest Church, should be committed to sharing Christ, not being weird. Not being weird. Amen? But just... Do something for a neighbor, you know. Love your neighbor by not being weird or shoving religion down their throat, but doing something that will bless them. Demonstrating by your actions and by your words that you're sincere and that you care. I've, I've reached more people through the years just by being myself. 
Did you hear me? Just by being myself, learning how to talk to people and engage in conversation and not being religious or having a superior type attitude and, or an elitist attitude. Just get down where people are at and, and, and minister to them and love them. And one day when they're really hurting, they're going to know who to call. Someone who genuinely cares. Jesus, it says, and Jesus in Acts 10, 38, says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good. So what do you and I at Harvest Church, what do we need to do? Good. What's night to shine all about? Doing good. Amen. Blessing people. I tell you, I had, we had more fun, Amy, as a church given at Christmas time to those families that you minister to every day. And, and it touches my heart. Every time I come, I'll, I'll come in, you know, to get the rent check or check the water softener. Or if I come in for some reason to talk to her, those kids are standing at the door. I'm, I, it just almost makes me cry. And they're smiling, and, and there's, there's certain ones. And I, I go upstairs thinking, I, I just believe God's going to touch some of these little ones. And the man, on the man. Uh-huh. The man's here. But they always, they love me. They greet me. They're happy. And, you know, you're committed, Amy, to what you're doing every day, and I don't know how you do it some days. My God, I come up there in some days. In fact, I just have a, I have a, a new habit. I come over here to pray because I hear the kids downstairs. Some, but you know what I hear more than anything is laughing and kids having fun than I do crying. So you must be doing something right. A committed faith will always be manifested in obedience to God's revealed will. A committed faith. So if you are committed to come to this church and you believe in this statement that's hanging on the wall of people committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ, then you're going to be committed to have an obedient faith. You're going to be a committed children's worker or a nursery worker or an usher or a greeter. You're going to be committed to pick the trash up. Vacuum the floor. Keep the windows clean. You're going to be committed because you love God and you want to obey him. And that's the way Jesus was. I'm going to stop there. I had two more points, but I'm going to anyway. Is that all right? No, I'm going to quit. I'm committed to to be your preacher. Whether your faces really reveal that you want anybody to be a preacher to you. Let me give you some, just let me give you, and we'll close with this. Because Abe deals with this, I deal with this. There's some days you come in, folks, and you don't feel committed. You don't feel spiritual. And that's where you got to pull yourselves up by the bootstraps and say, I don't care, devil. I'm coming in here whether my flesh wants to or not, and I'm going to raise my hands to God, and I'm going to thank my heavenly Father for all that he's done for me. You walk by faith and not by sight. 
And through the years, I've had to, I've, I've stood here and I've preached year after year and I've had to learn I walk by faith and not by what I see. You got to lead Abe in worship. There's days on Sunday you're going to look out on this group and you're going to think, <gasps> I walk by faith and not by sight. But you know why you can do it and why I can do it? Because I'm committed. You got to get committed. Look at your neighbor and say, get committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ. Amen. Stand your feet today. How many of you want to be more committed? How many of you know you, listen, how many of you know we need to be more committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ? Well, we're on our way, folks. I believe in my spirit. We're on our way. Things are going to start to change more and more in the days, weeks, and months ahead. And we're going to see more committed people. Thank you. (laughs) That's what I mean. I said we're going to see more and more committed people. Folks, sometimes you need to say amen whether you want to or not because I need to hear it. Who said that? Thank you, McKenna. That's really miraculous coming from you. (laughs) Oh, I need a nap. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I call these people by faith a committed people. What are they committed to, Father? They're committed to serving and sharing Jesus Christ. They're not ashamed of the gospel. So wherever they go, they're committed to be led by you, Holy Spirit, to speak an encouraging word, to do a kind deed to someone else, because that'll open the door for the gospel to go forth. Father, I thank you, Lord God, for the Spirit of God to order the steps of the people of Harvest Church in the days ahead. Help us, Lord, be more effective in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, I thank you, Lord God. These are a people that are willing and obedient. And because they're willing and obedient, they shall be blessed in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Does everyone here know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? You see your hands. You're not ashamed. You're committed. Well, I don't know you that well, but you know what you did? You put both hands up. That's pretty good. Because both hands is a universal sign of surrender. That's pretty good. Amen. Well, are you all whole and healthy or do you need to pray for you? Anybody here need prayer for your physical body? I don't want to be insensitive to that. Yes, Dad. Okay, what are they saying? Yeah. Father, I thank you. In the name, put your hand, Brad, on his back. In the name of Jesus Christ, I thank you, Lord, for that disc to come into place. Lord, that nerve will be at peace. In the name of Jesus, Father, these are our hands, and you said we could lay hands on the sick and they'd recover. So I thank you, Lord, for supernatural recovery and peace. You bore his pain. 
upon the cross. And I thank you, Lord, he's been redeemed in Jesus' name from sickness, disease, and disc problems. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, ma'am. So he's having some issues. She wants prayer for that guy she's going to marry. Should I pray for him? Do we like him? Should we pray for David? Yeah, we'll pray for David. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for David today. Thank you for your goodness and mercy. There's no distance in the realm of the spirit right now where he's at. I pray by your spirit that you quicken his body. In the name of Jesus, you sent your word to heal him and to deliver him. Thank you, Lord, for full supernatural recovery for him. We speak peace to his body. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. The guy's a cop in Texas. I think that would be just a little stressful. Amen. Well, Pastor Mike has a body of believers that are committed. That's better. God bless you. Have a good week. Thank you.